Hey everyone, and welcome to the Darkcast. I'm your host, Jonathan, and this is DCI number 121. In this episode, I talked to Mark Flurry of Drool about their first game, Thumper. Thumper is a rhythm violence game that takes the, uh, the gameplay styles of Amplitude and Rock Band to another level and introduces VR. Uh, it seems really cool, and you should definitely check out the trailer in the show notes to this episode on DarkStation.com. As always, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Now on with the show. Well, Mark, thank you so much for, for joining us on the DarkCast. How are you doing? Good. Thanks. It's cool to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it, it feels like so much VR stuff is happening like all at once. We're like in the singularity right now. It's kind of crazy. Um, I imagine it's kind of crazy for you as well, you know, not just being on the outside watching VR stuff being made, but actually in the thick of it. Uh, how's, how's that been going for you? Uh, very good. I mean, uh, so our game Thumper, right, we announced that we're doing a uh, PlayStation VR version as well as the um, normal 2D, I guess, version of the game. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, actually, the, the whole game, when we sell it, right, you'll be able to just, like, switch mo- the mode you want to play the game in. So it's not like it's a separate game or anything. Um, but... And then I just got back from GDC, the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, where we showed it on PlayStation VR for the first time. And, uh, yeah, it was cool to see people's reaction um, to the to that. And, you know, it was mostly very positive, so we're pretty psyched about it. Um, and it's funny because I, we, I didn't have any VR hardware or anything until, like, January, just a couple months. Oh, wow. So it's not like I'm... A super experienced VR developer, and um, I mean, I kind of know what I'm doing at this point. I've been making games for ten years or so, but with Thumper, we never really had any idea uh, or any certainty that it would work well in VR. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, when we announced the VR version, it was really interesting to see people's reaction online. You know, a lot of people said stuff like this: "This will be awesome in VR." Other people like this said this will be horrible, it'll make me sick. <laughs> but the important thing to realize is that I think you don't actually know until you've tried something. And uh, certainly sure. with Thumper, we didn't know until we actually tried it. And I think we were actually just really lucky that we happened to be working on this game for a long time and it translates really well to VR. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like a kind of traditional VR experience, you know, where you're supposed to be like looking around craning your neck and stuff like using the head tracking to the fullest you know capability of the technology mm-hmm. but it it still it makes the game cool uh in in an interesting way and um yeah recently we had this this article i think just today came out in polygon and, and the author said something about like how it's like with thumper like vr is like headphones for your eyes and uh <laughs> nice. i think that's a nice way to describe it um yeah yeah, and we're not trying to use every element of the technology. We're just trying to make our game cooler with VR. So sure. So you said that you you just recently got you know the headset. So I imagine you've only recently been kind of playing with uh, VR. What what was it like? I, I guess transitioning 
to that? Is is there like a VR switch that you can just kind of flip and it's like, oh, the game's in VR now, yay? Or how how do you how do you do that? Well, in not crazy technical terms. <laughs> sure. Um, so if you're using something like Unity or Unreal, I think it almost literally is like a switch, and those engines are just set up to go into VR mode, um, and then hopefully it works. Uh, for you and but you know you're not given as much customization or anything as you might with a custom engine so with you know thumper we're using an entirely custom engine Mm. and i already had the game running on ps4 so the transition to psvr wasn't too hard but it was a lot of work and you know suddenly this game that we've been you know developing with a target of 60 frames per second um with one you know perspective is now like I have to render stereo perspective at 90 frames per second. So it, it was a big, it is a big technical challenge. And also on the art side, we discovered a lot of things about how um, the game should look in VR. So we've done a lot of stuff to kind of change the camera, change the way some of the effects work. Um, actually, we kind of stretch out the world in VR to keep the perspective looking similar to the 2D version of the game. So we do a lot of little subtle tricks to try to make, um, you know, both the VR and the 2D experience, like, good. Very cool. Very cool. Um, let, let's backtrack a little bit before we kind of continue talking about the game and talk a little bit about uh, about you and the, the studio. So you said that you've been making games for, like, 10 years or so now. Uh, can you talk a little bit about kind of getting to this point, some of the other games that you've worked on, um, potentially other studios, all that kind of stuff? Sure. So I um, I started working in the game industry in 2005. My first job was at Harmonix, which is uh, you know the music game company, mm-hmm. like Guitar Hero, Rock Band, etc. And uh, they're located in Boston. So it was about a year after graduating college, and I moved there. And I think the first game I worked on was one of their karaoke games. And uh, it was also when the first Guitar Hero was in development was when I started, so I had perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I got to work on you know the Guitar Hero games, Rock Band games, Beatles Rock Band, um, and then the last games I worked on before I left were the Dance Central games for the Kinect. Okay. And uh, yeah, there's kind of interesting parallels with the Kinect and VR too. Just from my perspective, we're all new technology, where. Um, so I, th- I think that VR is going to be a lot more successful and popular than the Kinect was. <laughs> sure. But, but it's interesting because well, you know when this new technology comes out, it opens, it enables certain new types of like play experiences, and there's always this kind of, um, I guess there's this this concept of like some kind of VR guru or Kinect guru who says like, you know, every VR experience should have this or that, and it turns out that usually they're not really right or they don't really know any more than you do. And um, like with Thumper, like like I'm saying, we just kind of got lucky and we created an experience that I think a lot of people didn't expect. And I think that, that that's what's kind of most exciting about the new technology is, is the stuff that you won't expect or that you can't predict. Sure, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So how long have you actually been working on Thumper? Uh... <laughs> So, probably about seven years since we really started. Oh, wow. Um, that's... So, that sounds insane, right? Like, <laughs> that's, uh, that's quite a long time. <laughs> it is. So, I mean, part of 
so so part of that time it was that uh, you know it wasn't a full time project for a few years. It was we were still I was still at Harmonix, um, and so I should say that I'm making the whole game with one other person, Brian Gibson, who also started his uh, game de- development career at Harmonix. He's also in this really cool band called Lightning Bolt. So he's a great artist, uh, visual artist, and musician. So it's just the two of us making this game. Okay. So that's the other reason is there's only two people. It takes a long time to make a game. Uh, we made a custom engine, uh, and that took forever. Uh, what, what was the kind of deciding factor of, of doing that? Of making the custom engine? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think for me, like I'm the programmer. I do all the programming on the game, and... Part of it was just kind of a personal crusade. Like I wanted to be able to do it and say I did it. I guess I looked at what like Jonathan Blow or other people I admire have done, and I was like, yeah, that's that's what I should do. And um, I didn't expect it to take this long, but you know, the other big goal was you know this is not the last game I want to make. And and when you make a custom engine or you do anything from scratch like that, you're going to learn a lot. And so I think that I'm a much better uh, you know, creator of games now, and and hopefully the next game is not going to take us seven years again. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so more of a partially a learning curve, and then also you know a tool to be able to use that you're super familiar with going forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it. it I think one of the reasons that Thumper looks kind of unique and hopefully unique is that well part of it is just brian's artistic vision and the other part is that yeah we're using this tool that nobody else is using Mm -hmm. yeah sure very cool very cool now you said that uh you you went to harmonics like right after college did you study game design programming computer science How, how did you kind of get into into that area um, I I did study computer science. I went to college in Chicago, and um, I learned some things through coursework. But I would, you know, there's a few things I learned that I, I probably learned faster than I would have learned on my own. But um, and then it was really like the year after I graduated that I, try, I tried to kind of get more hardcore with my C plus plus programming, and made like a demo. And I actually worked for a professor doing kind of. AI research type stuff for about a year before I got the job at Harmonix. Oh, cool. What what was that like? That sounds like it'd be super interesting. Uh, It was pretty interesting. It was uh, this professor who did a lot of stuff with human-computer interaction and linguistics. And uh, it was a lot of the the academic sort of side of it, like especially the hardcore linguistics was way over my head. I didn't really understand it, but... I was just trying to get kind of, um, she did a lot of stuff with 3D avatars that you would communicate using like voice recognition or gesture. And a lot of it was kind of smoke and mirrors in my opinion, (laughs) but my job was kind of just get that stuff working. So it was a pretty good transition job because, you know, like at that time, the only uh, job I could get for a while was like doing web development, which was not as exciting for me. Sure. And back then, like this was... 2004, 2005, where, you know, it was before Braid, it was before all these, like, big indie hits, and there wasn't really, like, some kind of obvious path to follow, where, like, it it just didn't seem like a smart move to start making my own game from scratch Mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, you you said um, yeah you've been working on uh, seven years, and um, I, I didn't think about it until after I asked you like you know why make your own engine because there's all these things like Unity and, and Unreal that are just like out there now. It's like well, that wasn't there seven years ago. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, no, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, the it's it's kind of crazy how. Uh, quickly, the uh, the landscape has changed in you know the last ten years, but the just the last couple of years, even yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but uh, cool, cool. Well, let, let's uh, dig into the game. Uh, for for anybody that doesn't know, can you kind of give us the the elevator pitch of what is Thumper? Yeah, uh, we call Thumper a rhythm violence game, and uh, I guess what we mean by that is, of course, it's kind of a music rhythm based game. Um, but we try to make it really stripped down and feel really intense and physical to play in a way that's almost violent. There's no, like, you know, blood or, or like, death or, or... I mean, you're like this, this metal space beetle that's cruising down a path super fast, crashing into stuff. Okay, so, so you, are a, you are a space beetle. I have that yeah. written in my notes that you're a space beetle, so that... <laughs> yeah. I got that right, yay. Uh, all right, sorry, continue... <laughs> No, right. Uh, so, you know, there's, you know, your beetle can get killed and stuff, but it's not like uh, blood or gore or anything like that. Um, we just want the kind of feeling to be intense and violent. Um, you know, there's different kind of meanings of the word violence, and I think we're using a meaning that's kind of different than the traditional video game sense of it. Sure. Um, and I think that's kind of cool. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of the, the obstacles you're navigating through, they're all rhythmically arranged and most of it's kind of very abstract like you're going along this kind of space highway through this very psychedelic landscape uh and there are like there's a kind of some recurring enemies and characters like there's this giant head which is one of the main like boss characters in the game that we call crackhead so that's it there's just you know a few elements to the game and we just try to make it uh intense and like as you go through the game there'll be new mechanics introduced and stuff um yeah very cool yeah i, I think the i think violence is a, a fitting word because yeah there's there's not you know any blood or gore from what i've seen from trailers but there, there's something about kind of the impact of the the beetle on like the the walls that you're kind of hitting and, and grinding against that is 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 kind of violent it's very impactful and in harsh in a way um it's not just like kind of ooh smoothly gliding around it's like i don't know there's force to it yeah and i think i think that was a you know big goal like once we kind of discovered what the game could be that was kind of a big direction uh or a big pillar or whatever you want to call it of the experience. We, we, a lot of other rhythm games, they're so um, abstract and there's maybe some kind of cool background, but usually the, the actual gameplay happens in this UI, which is really abstract and lightweight. And we wanted to make it feel more like a physical world that you're kind of slamming into and interacting with. Okay. Very cool. So, uh, from from just kind of watching the trailers, uh, it it looks kind of like you know you're a a beetle on a single track, just going through this world, kind of ramming into things. What are you actually doing as you're playing the game? How do, how does playing Thumper work? 
So it's really simple. I think, um, I mean, we could always change this a little bit, but basically the whole game's going to be just one button, um, like the X button or something on the PlayStation controller, and then the, the control stick, or I guess the D-pad maybe. And there's kind of like one fundamental move called what I guess we call the thump, where you just hit X when you go over these glowing tiles. So it's very similar to kind of like Rock Band or Amplitude um, in that sense. And then you can, by holding X and, and pushing the direction, you can kind of go into like a power slide move, mm. which is how you are supposed to like slide into the turns. Otherwise, you take damage. And there's okay. also other obstacles, like some where you have to slide through them by holding X. Um, in our latest trailer, like there's, there's actually sections you'll see where there's kind of multiple lanes where you kind of switch left and right between different lanes. Okay. And we'll have more types of obstacles. There's like a simple jump you can do. You can actually fly. And we're going to keep it very pretty minimal. Like there's not going to be like, you know, 20 different movies you have to learn. But we're just going to kind of push it as far as we can, um, but still keep it simple. So as you progress through levels, there'll be kind of a new mechanic or a new kind of arrangement of stuff, kind of like a Mario game, right? Like where you, you kind of like... The early levels, you just have to jump and run, but then you kind of do more and more complicated things just to keep it exciting and feel make it feel like an adventure is, is the goal, really. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Is, is there any kind of platforming to it, or um, is it... Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think there... Uh, it might be close to that. I mean, there's certain parts where you, like, if you jump, you'll get, like, more points. You, like, okay. jump some stuff and get more points um there might be some parts where you have to execute a few jumps you know to avoid uh taking damage or to avoid falling um the thing is like the game is like so fast and that there's not too much complexity we can add Mm -hmm. Uh, so like we've tried to do a lot of stuff like you know we had this whole system for a while where there's like some kind of bird that would come by and drop power-ups and you had to like try to hit it before it got away and it was just like almost impossible to process anything more than what the most, you know, the, mo- the most basic gameplay uh, mechanic, like you know, the simplest. We, we basically have to keep the levels really simple um, in order to keep the intensity like cranked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure, sure, that makes sense. Um, so, but as far as um, kind of doing the jumps or the grinds or whatnot, it's not like matching colors with face buttons. You know, like no, rock no, band right. or something like that. It's it's you know very direct. You know, it's it's kind of like you're, you're you've got a jump button. Uh, you don't have four different colored <laughs> jump buttons. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Um, yeah, we want to try to keep it simple in that regard and try to make it all like a, you know like that term like a natural mapping. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're if you if you need the guy to go left, then you're gonna push left on the controller. And we don't want to add, like, any more kind of dimensions of, like, color or stuff that, like, a lot of other rhythm games do. Um, yeah, right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Very cool. Um, so what is it like trying to kind of scale up that kind of game from, you know, it's you've got a, a pretty simple set of tools. Uh, and obviously, you know, things are going to get more complex in terms of, how many things you're doing and how quickly they're coming towards you but how do you how do you ramp all that stuff up i feel like the the natural inclination is is give the character more 
things to do in a lot of video games. It's like, okay, well, you know, and, and we'll go back to the example of Mario. It's like, now you have the, the suit with the, uh, I don't remember the names of any of the suits, but, you know, the one with the fireball or the, uh, one with the uh, raccoon tail and now you can fly or, you know, you're kind of making, you're making things more complicated by giving you more abilities. How do you go about making things more complicated by just making the rest of the worlds more complicated, if that makes sense? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that's kind of what we're working on now and we haven't totally figured it out yet, right? So we, we've shown this, the first level of the game a lot. Uh, at shows and stuff so far and in that level you learn kind of the three most basic mechanics and you're kind of taken through like a couple boss fights and it feels like a satisfying kind of mini adventure right Mm -hmm. and so we want that experience but we want it you know to be about 10 times as long now for the full game and um, you know I think there's a lot of different ways to do this um you know, we like I was saying, we 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 had like added complexity. We had added extra stuff to the game, and a lot of it we just ended up taking back out hmm. um, because we realized it wasn't what the game was about. Um, and for me, I guess one thing, I've, one way I've been trying to think about it is is that like we want every level to have kind of a sense of uh, place or like a clear identity or purpose mm-hmm. in the game. So the first level has an obvious purpose, like it introduces these things and it sets up the rest of the game. And then, you know, if if another level maybe introduces a new mechanic or a new, like, variation on another mechanic, that, that could be one way to do it. Um, or we have, like, a level that gets a lot faster than the other levels. Um, it's something, I think, this idea that it's like an adventure where the player kind of can remember each stage as having a clear identity and purpose. Um, or, you know, just by doing stuff different, vi- like with different visuals and audio, like hopefully we can kind of accomplish all that stuff um, while still keeping it like kind of the minimal, pure experience that we want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. So what about the, uh, the VR side of things? What, I know that you only kind of recently started toying with it. Was that something that you've wanted to do w- for a while, or was it just kind of all the, the stars aligned and it became something that you could do and you, you went for it? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, we I was always kind of interested in it, but of course, like, we started this game seven years ago when, you know, VR was just some kind of fantasy technology. Sure, yeah. No one was cared about it. Um, and, and then, you know, with all the, the hype and stuff surrounding it and all the kind of money being thrown you know, promoting it um, in a business sense, it, it made sense to at least try, right? Mm-hmm. Like we didn't want to do something if it didn't work, but we should thought we should at least try and see what it's like. And yeah, I think at, at first, like I was a little intimidated about it because, like, a lot of people were telling me, like, "Oh, you know, your game is just, just too fast, or it just won't work, or it's not a VR game." But these people didn't really know, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody really knows is the point. Right, so yeah. I think, fortunately, it is a cool experience in VR. And, um, you know, I think that it's just kind of a cool, like, option for people. They can choose to play it in VR or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. Um, how has how has working with VR kind of changed things? Has it, has it caused you to change anything with the game? 
where he realized something wouldn't work in VR, or maybe something worked better in VR, and so you've uh, adapted to that? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of little things that it exposes. I mean, most of our effort has been kind of shaping the VR to be to have the same feeling as the as the non-VR mode. Mm-hmm. So when we just like when we did the most obvious thing, which is just like okay, start rendering in VR, use the stereo rendering and hook it up and try it out. We noticed that um so with a VR system you have to render using the same field of view as the lenses in the VR headset. Like, if you try to do use a different field of view for your, like, game camera, it'll look, like, really horrible and weird. Um, but, so, like, the VR, uh, the field of view on, like, the PSVR is something like 55 degrees. And it's a, that's a lot smaller than what the camera we use for the 2D version. So the game actually felt, like, slower and everything felt closer to you. So in the VR mode, since we can't change the field of view, we actually stretch everything out so it's farther away from you. And you're actually, like, in terms of distance in the game world, you're moving, like, almost twice as fast. But it oh, ends up feeling, like, the same as the 2D version. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's, uh, that's weird. So, But that that's not a change that doubles for the non-VR version. That's just a, a change you have to make to make the two things feel the same, even though they're they're not. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And and then you know I think there's a lot of stuff in in the VR mode. Like so in VR, like you can always you can, you can look around a little bit, right? So you can kind of see things like how you can see the track, um, like kind of pop in in the distance. So like we're kind of come up with a nicer like visualization for that. And that's something that I'll like you probably won't see very often in the 2D version, just because you're you're. You know where you can look is a lot more constrained, but it kind of adds like cool polish to it. And you know, there's a lot of little things like that. Like there's some effects that don't look good in 3D, so we're gonna kind of make it so that we have an effect that looks good, you know, both ways. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, now you've you've announced that the game is coming out for PlayStation and is coming out on PC for Steam. Yep. Uh, is the VR part just for PlayStation VR? Do you have your eyes set on on any other uh, of the headsets that are are coming out? Uh, we've only done PSVR so far, and the other stuff uh, we're we're interested in. Um, we're just gonna see what happens, like with our schedule, and I'm not sure if it'll happen, you know, at the same time or or later. Um, but yeah, yeah, we're we're interested in it. Okay, very cool. Have you gotten to play with any of the uh, any of the other ones, the Oculus or the Vive? I haven't. I haven't tried the Vive yet. Um, I'm looking forward to trying that. And then I've only used like the Oculus, I think DK2, which is really not that great compared to the consumer version that sure. we're releasing soon. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. The I think the DK2 came out like two years ago now. It's, it's right. Been, it's nuts that we've been <laughs> waiting this long. It's uh, weird because I think so many people have tried the DK2 who aren't even developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really not intended, you know, for that. that I, I don't know. I mean, I think if, if that was all you tried, you probably, you probably wouldn't have a great impression of VR. Sure. Sure, I, I feel like I haven't heard any stories about people, like, vomiting or anything in a long time. But they were <laughs> pretty commonplace when when that came out uh so that's i guess that's a a good thing Uh, (laughs) right 
Uh, so, so you mentioned, um, you know, that you, you got to kind of show off uh, the game in VR at, at GDC, I assume. Um, yeah. What was that kind of like, uh, getting people's reaction and, and feedback on it? Um, kind of, I, I would assume, for the, for the first time. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, we the the biggest thing we did is we were part of like the you know when Sony announced the price and the date, mm-hmm. they had a little um, sort of I guess closed like it was only open to press uh, like demo of VR stuff for a few hours and we had Thumper set up there. Oh, nice! So we got to show it to a lot of press, um, some who had already seen the 2D version of the game and others who'd never seen the game before. Uh, and yeah, everyone liked it. Nobody got sick, so <laughs> that's happy. good to hear. Yeah, that's good to hear. Um, did you? That's kind of interesting hearing that you know some people had kind of already previewed the game um, in in two D. Was anybody? I don't know. Is it how different of an experience did it seem like it was for those people um, in VR? Uh, obviously, you know it's the same game, but I don't know. It seems like it VR has the potential to make something feel kind of brand new in a way. Um, yeah. To... I think it feels a little more intense. Um, there's, I mean, obviously it's the uh, what you would expect. It's like more immersive, right? <laughs> Whatever that sure. means. Um, and it's like, it's like more visceral. It's, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's one of those words the video game industry really likes and right. nobody really knows what it means. Right. Immersive and visceral. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I guess, I guess I'm trying to, you know, it's funny because, I, like, I keep saying, like, the 2D version is still really important to us and important yeah. to me. Because th- there is something cooler about it. Um, not to say that you shouldn't play it in VR, but, like, there's something cool about having, like, you know, the screen kind of perfectly composed. And, you know, with with the 2D version, like, you know, we can kind of crank up the anti-aliasing and kind of crank up or the, it just looks a little more perfect, like the resolution and everything, just be, just mm. because of where VR technology is right now. Sure. And so, in a sense, you lose a little bit of that kind of kind of perfect, seamless presentation when you go to VR. And then, of course, you get a lot of other stuff in VR. So, um, you know, I don't know. Or, there, or there's something like you know, like it's overwhelming playing it in VR, but it's also overwhelming if you like play it on a huge screen with like a massive sound system and. That way you can play with your friends and it's a more social experience. So I don't know. I hope people like it both ways. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. Very cool. Um, well, I, I think that's all the questions that I have for the game itself. Um, tried to, to think if there's anything else that randomly popped in. I feel like I had a question just a minute ago and then it it fizzled away which you know it, it happens sometimes I should have written it down but oh well maybe it'll come to me in the end game so now's the the extra fun part uh, as we delve into the end game um, and like we said before the show this is where uh, you know it's just personal questions uh, they they don't represent um, drool or thumper it this is all you and the first one is who is your favorite video game protagonist uh, um, and it can't be the space beetle from thumper sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh it's not that uh, anyway <laughs> um, I'd say probably uh, Captain Olimar from Pikmin okay I'm a big I, fan of that game nice I, I think that's actually a first uh Pikmin that we've got for 
for this choice. So excellent. <laughs> always like it when I hear something new. Uh, so flipping that on its head, uh, who is your favorite antagonist? Okay. Antagonist. Uh, uh. Yep. Who's your favorite bad guy? Well, I could say Kefka, I guess, but uh, it's maybe just because I can't think of anybody else. But that was a good okay. one. That, that is, yep. Um, my, my co-host, Brian, if he was here, he would be very excited about that. He's always ex- excited when he hears Kefka as somebody's <laughs> favorite villain. So we'll go ahead and take that. <laughs> or, or, okay, okay. Here's, uh, a, here's at least a number two, if not him, uh, Sinistar. Okay. Uh, he was kind of inspiration for Crackhead and Thumper, so I also... A lot of respect for Sinistar. Awesome. Very good. Okay, so now to kind of a, a deeper question. Are there are there any trends in video games um, that you like and would like to see uh, proliferate more, to, to be more prevalent in the game industry? Um, I don't know. I mean, in a certain sense, I don't really care <laughs> what the trends are, and I think um, a lot of, like, as a creator of games I think yeah like if creating anything that you want to be new and significant or exciting like a lot of times it's about looking at trends or or looking at genres or games that you don't like or that seem played out and figuring out how to make them more interesting again or or make them into something that you would want to play mm-hmm. um, I mean just the general trend of, of people doing you know, interesting experimental things and getting attention for them is, I think, the best uh, trend. Like, it's cool that a game like Her Story, a game that, like, in a lot of the execution, I didn't really like that much, but just as a concept and as um, a new experience, I thought it was a really great game. And, you know, it won, whatever, it won one of the big prizes at the, at the uh, you know, the GDC Awards last week, so that's cool to see. Yeah, that is very cool. Yeah, I I kind of feel the same way about her story. I never actually finished it. Um, it was one of those games that I, I was just so happy that it that it existed, and I I absolutely bought it. You know when it came out. Um, but when I was playing it, it, it actually reminded me a lot of Papers Please, in that the game felt like work, like <laughs> the kind of work that I do during the day, and it's like this. I don't I don't want to do this when I come home. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Papers, Please, I really like. I really love Papers, Please. Um, and uh, and that's another one that I you know I bought and I, I played some, and I was like, I'm so happy this exists, and I'm glad lots of people are, are loving it and it's getting attention, but I, I, I don't want to play it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Um. So, um, so flipping that on its head again, uh, are there any tropes out there that uh, really irk you and you wish could just, you know, go away? <laughs> well, um, I try not to get, you know, too upset about anything like this because <laughs> there's always going to be, um, you know, kind of the the boring, predictable stuff, sure. I think. Um, I live in Korea, uh, and there's a lot of cool uh games being made here and like i'm really excited about some of the stuff my friends are working on and i think that people will hear more and more about the korean indie game scene um but there's 
like the the market here is dominated by, of course, online PC games, uh, which are mostly action RPGs, and mobile games, which are also mostly action RPGs. And yeah, I'm just sick of that stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, Okay, so you are you're living the dream. You are are making video games for a living, (laughs) and that is awesome. Uh, if there was another profession out there that you could give a shot, what what would it be? Oh, um, it's a good question. I mean, I've always been inspired and a big fan of film. Um, so I think it would be fun to make movies, too. Um, and kind of on the other side, I've, I've always, always kind of had some interest in architecture. And I can see, like, games is somewhere between films and architecture. You know, where it can be kind of the designed experience where, like, it's what the designer or the filmmaker puts into something. Or it's kind of about uh, um, kind of building the space for experiences, like, the, the, the way that, um, you know, some games are less about what the designer puts in there and more about the game, what, you know, the universe or the game brings to the game. Kind of the way, like, architecture is about, you know, building a space to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of bring about different experiences or, you know, artistic um, impressions. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe an architect or a filmmaker, I guess. Okay, very nice. I like it. Those are the the architect is is definitely new, and that's that makes <laughs> a lot of sense. Um, in a in a way, that's I like it. I like yeah, it. And you know the hardcore engineering side of architecture that I think is has some sure. stories with making a game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Hopefully not quite as much, you know, one random syntax error and everything breaks. But um, I'm sure that's <laughs> in there to some degree. <laughs> well, right, but the mistakes are a lot higher, right? You can't make, right? <laughs> you can't ship a bug in your building, so catch yeah, it, or or it falls over, um, and that that would be bad. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so second to the last question: uh, if there was any game that you could play over again for the first time. What would it be? Um, well, just because it's in my head, I would, I'll say Pikmin. Okay. And, uh, I, the original I, or? Yeah, the original. Okay. I mean, the original had the most kind of fresh magic. I, I played all three of them, and I liked them all. But uh, the, the original, to me, I really, really like the game. <laughs> and it, it has this really cool experience of like adventure right you land on this like it's like the classic setup you land on some alien world or whatever treasure island and you have to figure out how to survive and there's this this kind of cool experience where like at the end of each day because the game's you know divided into days um like captain olimar like writes some notes in his journal about like his discoveries that day and it's it's also kind of it's like revealing the world and the story but also like kind of teaching you how to play at the same time mm-hmm. and there's a lot of things about that game um like philosophically or polit- politically that I actually think are quite awful uh, in that it's sort of like this uh um it's sort of like a like a, like an apology for imperialism right <laughs> you're like <laughs> going to this alien world and like basically colonizing it by like telling the natives what to do but at the same time, it's so magically done that um, it's still really interesting, and I really like the game. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay, and the uh, the final question, 
Uh, when when we get to the gates of the Mushroom Kingdom and Toad is there with the book of the deeds of your life, uh, what do you want him to say to you before he lets you in? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it doesn't matter. I don't really think about that too much. But um, so, do you want him to say, "Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really matter," or is it just it doesn't matter what he says? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I hope that uh, people find the stuff that I made, you know, worth their their time and their money, um, and that it felt like it was in a some kind of authentic uh, experience and not not fake and not um, and not motivated primarily by money. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well. That, that does it for the end game. Congratulations. You passed. You win. Um, I, I don't have anything Thanks. for you besides kudos, so <laughs> you get all the kudos, though. So congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, just want to thank you so much for, for joining me today and, and talking about Thumper. If you could send us out by letting our listeners know where they can go to find out more information about the game. Sure. Uh, we have a website, thumpergame.com. Excellent. And it is coming out on PlayStation 4. It'll be available for PSVR and Steam. Do you guys have a projected launch date for it or sometime? Uh, it'll be the second half of 2016 sometime. We okay. We haven't figured it out yet. And definitely shorter than another seven years. Yep. yep. All right. <laughs> All right, uh, Mark, thank you so much again, and good luck as you guys continue in development and uh, as you recover from GDC. All right, thanks, man. 